All right. Hello, everyone. This is Nick Henderson, and I am really excited to be recording this episode of the podcast. And I'm really excited for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is that, like, I am, well, super excited about the topic mastery of time, mastery of your life. Like, this is something that I really, really like. And it is something that I feel I have applied well to my life. And I hope that for those of you that listen, uh, you're able to do the same with your life. So, uh, and then the second reason why I'm really excited about this episode is for the first time ever, I'm actually recording this on my computer in a quiet room versus being in my car on my phone with a headphone microphone. I've actually put some time into putting this together. So this should be the, uh, well, it's episode six, but it should be the best episode so far. And uh, I'm, I'm learning some new things. I'm trying some new software. So uh, this, this could be the standard for how things go in the future. But with that said, let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, so mastery of your time, mastery of your life. Uh, this is one of the most uh, realistic, it's one of the most uh, valuable resources that we have in our lives is our time. Now, people would be like, oh, it's it's money. If you were to ask me, oh, what's a valuable resource? It's gold, it's jewels, it's, it's all good stuff. But the most valuable resource that we have available, available to us is our time. And once you understand the value of your own personal time, you'll better be able to choose where you invest that time. You're going to notice throughout this episode that I talk about time a lot like it is money. And we all have heard that age old saying that time is money. That is really true. That is the truest thing uh, probably spoken on this podcast. Time is money. Uh, And where I feel like time is like money is that it doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. Time doesn't grow on trees. Where it differs from money, however, is uh, it's unlike money in that time will always run out. You don't get to go back to the ATM machine and get more time out. You can't start a business and build a vast amount of time for yourself. We all get X amount of time and how we choose to spend it or how we choose to invest time, uh, that's up to us. And it's either good for us or it's bad for us. It's an asset or it's a liability. Time is money. Another way to think about time is like it's a tank of a gas. Time is the gasoline, okay? Inside the tank of a car, you can never refuel. Once the tank is empty, it is empty forever. Where would you drive that car? Where are you driving your life? Those two questions are interchangeable. You have a tank full of gas that is your time, and you can never refuel that tank. How are you going to spend it? Where are you going to drive your life? And like I started this podcast out, I compared time to money, and you're going to see that theme throughout the entirety of this episode. So I'm going to talk a lot about time being an investment. You need to invest your time into good, not bad relationships. You need to invest your time into good, not bad experiences, good, not bad um, moments. Like Time is an investment. Where you put it will determine the return that you get, much in the same way that 
when you put your time, or I'm sorry, your money into an account or a stock or real estate or something like that, where you put your money determines your return on investment. And in this case, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but like for time, it's not so much an ROI or as is as it is an ROT, return on time. The cool thing about investing time is that it can actually do both things. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So for this episode, I'm going to start with what I feel is probably the biggest consumer of time. And what I'm talking about, of course, and I'm I'm just going to get right to it. No more dodging around it. Uh, The biggest consumer of your time or place where your time is going to go is people. Now, like it or not, people are a waste of time. And I mean that I mean that if you have any sort of meaningful relationship or you want to have a meaningful relationship or impact on people, it's going to cost you time. So actually waste is probably the wrong term. People aren't a waste of time, uh, but people are more like a time pit. Uh, and, and to give you an example and relate it back to money like I was doing earlier, uh, like if you were to buy a boat or you were to buy a, a classic muscle car, these are things, and of course we're talking about relationships that we want to foster and grow, but these are things that ultimately cost more and more time the more we want to do with them. Now, as I was t- talking about earlier, the place we invest our time, the people we invest our time into, determines our return on time, our ROT. And if you're giving your time to the wrong people, uh, you're going to be getting the wrong things back. Or more so, you're going to be getting nothing back in return. You're going to be spending time with no return. And that is a waste of time. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you an example. And this is a personal example. I've got two of these. I've got one personal example and then one we're going to make up a name for, but uh, an example about another person wasting their time. But we're going to start with me wasting time. And for me to explain this to you, I'm going to have to talk about my past relationship. Uh, Currently, I'm engaged to this most amazing, beautiful, wonderful woman. Uh, We just had uh, our engagement photos done. We had a big party on the 4th of July. Like, we are awesome. But to explain what a waste of time kind of person would be, what I need to do is talk a little bit about my ex uh, prior to my fiance. And uh, this woman, and we're not going to mention names or anything, I don't want to call people out like that, but I'm going to say that I lost one year of my life uh, by being, by dating this woman. And ultimately, why that was a lost year and nothing was gained or or taken away from that year is, uh, it was just a really toxic relationship. It was, and, and the further away I get from the relationship, and look back at it, I really start to see a lot of the red flags and a lot of the signs and a lot of the real just, um, well, jerk behavior. We're gonna, I'm gonna try and keep it uh, clean on this episode for some reason. I don't know. Um, red flags for me that were like, uh, well, mostly how she treated me or how she, you know, lied to me or omitted information or uh, had demands of me, but then would go and and do, uh, you know, terrible things. Uh, ultimately, I spent a year of my life and and. For those of you that know me, you, you you already know this, but for those of you that don't know me and you're listening, like I'm like, I talk a big talk, but I'm actually, I'm a softy at heart. I got a big, I got a big heart and uh, I absolutely love love. And that's why I'm just so 
so totally happy in this amazing relationship now that I have uh, with Abby. Um, but my ex, that was a different story. And I was blinded by my, my want to be loved and the want to love somebody that I overlooked things that were very obvious red flags, especially more obvious now that I look back at it. Um, the way that she would, uh, you know, make plans, but not tell me fly out of the country, fly to other States, go visit old boyfriends, go visit old, uh, classmates. Uh, as far as I know, the rumor is, uh, she went and visited her ex-husband. Uh, she then remarried her ex-husband and then re-divorced her ex-husband. So he's her ex-husband twice. Like it was just it's bad person, bad personality, um, abusive at the end of the relationship mentally and, and, and verbally, like just really awful. I spent a year of my time with this person and it was not an investment. This was a straight flow of time out. I lost time with her. And there's not too many things that I look at that way. And I say that I've lost time here. Almost everything. And okay, I'm gonna have to retool that. I just wanted to say everything has something you can get out of it. Every experience, every moment, every failure and every success has something to take from it. And ultimately, though, the relationship was horrible. And I feel like it was a year of my life that was wasted. At the end of that, I have to really acknowledge the fact that I walked away with a better understanding of who I am and who I want to be in a relationship, and more so, who I want to be in a relationship with, and then beyond that, how I want that relationship dynamic to function. So I I guess I did get a return on my time for that year that I spent with her, but I tell you what, it was brutal, and ultimately, if I could have saved myself, like if I could go back in time and just say like, hey, Nick, in the past, I'm Nick from the the future. Uh, don't do this. Worst decision of your life. Don't spend any time with this woman. Uh, here are the lessons you will learn over the course of this horrible year. Now go forward, my my, my son, and, and be free. Like I would, I would give that to myself. If I could go back in time, I would delete that year. Um, I've got a lot of other things that I'd like to do if I had a time machine, and that's not for this episode. So maybe for a fun one down the road. Um, but that's my personal example of a year wasted. That was time going into a bad person that ultimately just you don't want to give time to. Uh, this is something that we see a lot. And I say we kind of in a general global sense. I'm not working with anybody on this. Like we don't see a lot of it, but globally, this is something that I've seen a lot over the course of my life. I've known a lot of people like this, and I don't want to like say like, oh, it's it's all women or it's all men or it's uh, it's only people that live in small rural towns and have never left their home state. And though those people are kind of repeat offenders in this area, uh, I'm I'm not going to narrowly narrow it down like that. I'm I'm going to say that this is a problem that affects everybody from the wealthy to the poor. Uh, it doesn't matter your social standing. It doesn't matter your uh, East Coast, West Coast. It doesn't matter anything at every level. This is something that people experience regardless of their stature or standing, however they're their station in life. Okay. The the next example that I want to give you is actually one that's like immediately recent. And again, I'm, I'm not going to use any names, uh, but I want to talk about uh, a friend of a friend of a friend, and uh, this this woman is uh, she's in and out of relationships. Uh, she loves to be in relationships. She she wants to be a part of that. And uh, 
she recently started talking to, not me, this is something that was brought to me, but uh, she was talking to a, a peer group of hers and uh, about this new guy she was really excited to, to get to know and go out with. And um, these girls, being uh, the super sleuthy girls that they are, immediately began a background investigation on this guy that would give the FBI a run for their money. And every page they, they turned, another red flag came up. This guy had just barely left a relationship and just barely before that relationship been divorced and just barely before that he had uh, I mean there were multiple criminal things you know he had you know three four five uh, restraining orders against him some had lapsed others were still valid uh, he was on court dockets for a misdemeanor he was in the middle of a felony case uh, for a crime that you would not really like want anything to be around that person well at least while they were going through the case you know and let the court system prove them innocent or guilty but then uh, as as they were like talking in this peer group uh, she began telling her friends what this guy was saying and how he was saying it and the words that he was using the text messages he was sending and i was i was privy to this i was fortunate to have been brought in on this and what we what i and you know a few other people we were able to say like well this is classic this is textbook manipulative behavior uh this guy has uh, identified some of her weaknesses and some of her real like real strengths like she's very much a religious woman and she likes to go to church and she likes to not likes to she has to she is very religious and uh, this person was touching all of those buttons playing on uh, her emotions and her connection to her faith and when she expressed some concerns or some some asked questions about the crimes and the court cases and he had excuses for everything but then he would shift it and try and create sympathy and pity for himself and shift the guilt of his crime to guilt for her for not wanting to spend time with him because of the crimes he was very manipulative in all of those messages, big time. So this is uh, this is to give you an idea of who this guy was. And we're sitting there reading all this stuff and getting this information. I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst decision ever. Nobody with half a brain would spend any time with this person ever. Like, wouldn't give them the time of day. And, uh, well, I think you can tell where the story is going. All of her friends were saying no. All of these bad signs were there. The entire peer group's like, don't do it. And uh, and her, she's, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to judge him. It's not my place to judge him. You know, I feel like he needs to tell his story. I want to be a part of giving an outlet so he can be heard and everyone say, hey, yo, let the court do that. Let the let the lawyers do that. Let him find a counselor. Let him find a pastor. You're none of those things to him. You're not his friend. You're not his girlfriend. You're not his wife. You're not any of that. You don't need to do that for him. If he needs it, he can go find it. Don't give this guy any time. And if, if you think that he's innocent or if you want to give him the opportunity to be innocent and, and be proven such, let the court do it and then go on a date with him when they dismiss the charges. Or when he finds himself locked up in prison for a felony, uh, for a really bad crime, you'll be sitting back there going like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't invest my time into this bad relationship with a bad person. You're able to protect your investment just like you would protect your investments of cash in the stock market or in the real estate market you need to protect your investments of time in people so the the where this story is going and i think you've already figured this out is that we we did all this research and did all this like oh my gosh it's a terrible person and uh at the end of the night, she still agreed to go on a date with him that night, like right away, despite all of the red flags and all of the peers saying, don't do it. Ultimately, 
you know, and as far as I know, she's still talking to him, you know, and uh, she's giving her time to this person, someone who is a waste of time. What's her return on time for this? Nothing in the long run. And, and frankly, I don't believe that there'll be any return on time, any ROT for her in the short term. And if there is, it's, it's going to be next to nothing. So just one more thing on this, and I don't want this to turn into a relationship episode. I'm not prepared for that conversation. Um, I will say that in pursuing this bad investment, what she has done is she has opened herself and her children uh, up to substantial risk. And many people know, many people I know suffer from, and I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a term right here. It's probably out there already, but phoba, you know, F O B A, fear of being alone, and it drives me crazy. I I really thrive as uh, well, I really thrive in a relationship I'm finding and uh, Abby and I have been together for a year now and we are knocking it out of the park. Uh, but when I'm alone, when I'm not in a relationship, I really thrive. I focus a lot on myself. I focus a lot on my health and fitness. I focus a lot on my education. I don't need to be with somebody. Uh, I just absolutely love being with uh, somebody, especially somebody like my fiance who is just remarkably uh, just wonderful. She's beautiful. She's funny. And she loves me with all her heart. And that's all I can ask. And she does amazing at that. So, um, but anyways, not doing a relationship episode, not ready for that. Maybe when I do a relationship episode, she'll join me. And uh, she's like my number one fan. So she listens to all of these. So uh, Abby, I know you're listening and we need to do a relationship episode. Um, So continuing on. Fear of being alone, phoba. Uh, it's a bad investment of time. It's a waste of time. Time spent in the wrong places on the wrong people. I have known people who have broken up with somebody and gone back to them several times over. And I know you know those people too. I know people who will go back into a bad relationship simply because they don't want to be cold this winter and they want to have somebody to cuddle on the couch with, with and, and watch movies with. I have known people who will be in an abusive physically abusive relationship and you're crying out to them hey listen this is not good you need to get out i can help you and they make all the excuses under the sun for oh he didn't mean to do it or she didn't mean to do it or oh yeah i messed up and i just they make excuses for these bad people and their bad behavior because they're afraid of being alone and that is a problem it is a really bad investment of your time and at the end of your life i guarantee you those people are going to look back and they're going to be very very sad about having wasted so much time on terrible people. It's a bad investment. They need to understand the value of their time and not spend it on people that aren't going to be a good investment. So I'm hoping that if you're listening to this podcast, you're the kind of person who has really taken some time to invest in your own self-education, your knowledge base, and you've grown your skill sets. One of the things I just finished reading, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in that book, he talks about what an asset is and what a liability is. And of course, this is pertaining to cash and cash flow. Um, He talks about an asset is anything that puts money into your pocket and a liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. And he makes the assertion in his book, and I agree with him, I used to, and actually I had the wrong thinking before, he made the assertion that most people uh, don't understand the difference between assets and liabilities. And most people look at their home as an asset when in actuality, it's a liability. I... uh, 
And I was thinking, I was in the same way. I said, oh, I just bought this beautiful home. It's this great home. It's this multi-level. It's got a big yard. It's in a perfect neighborhood in the middle of my favorite town. Like, it's great. And I'm thinking, ah, now I've got this great big asset and I'm really happy about it. But at the end of the day, I'm paying a mortgage. I'm paying uh, homeowner's insurance. I'm paying utilities. I'm paying all this stuff. It's taking money out of my pocket. Now, Owning homes can be an asset, especially when you talk about like rental property and you've got renters in there that are paying, you know, a certain percentage above whatever the mortgage is for the home, or maybe you own the home outright and they're just pumping money into your pocket, or at least they're paying your mortgage and a little bit on top and you're not losing money. That's an, that's a home that's an asset right now. My home is a liability and I know that Uh, I'm working on changing it into one that's an asset and it is a perfect home to be a rental property. And that's the plan is to turn it into a rental property down the road. So using Robert Kiyosaki's definition of what assets and liabilities are, um, we can then take a look back at time, which we're talking about in this episode. We've already established that you can't put time into your pocket. You can't pump more time into your tank. What you have is what you get and where you spend it is where it goes. That means all things are a time liability. So when all things are a liability, as in money, or in this case time, is going out of your pocket, then you have to look at what your ROI or your ROT is, your return on time. If you if it's not an asset and you can't put time back in your pocket, then you need to get something out of it. So just as in when you're buying a, a new product or a new car, a, a new uh, marketing campaign, whatever, you're putting together a new website, you're spending a bunch of money on a on a new advertising campaign, what is your return on that investment going to be? And in life, you need to ask yourself, what is my return on time? That is my most valuable asset and I am spending it on this liability, this person or this event, this whatever, what is my ROT? What is my return on time? Simply put, if someone or something is not providing you with a measurable ROT, then it is something or someone you do not need and should cut out of your life immediately. The hard thing for a lot of people is when there's family members who are a drain and aren't giving them a return on time, the idea of cutting them out is really hard for a lot of people. And so that's something you got to wrestle with on your own. But when it comes to friends, quote unquote friends or colleagues or interactions, personal you know, people that are going to be dating maybe like if they're not providing a measurable rot for you if they're not bringing something to the table then you do not spend your time with them that is just a poor investment that's a bad use of a very limited resource And so I'll give you a personal example from uh, my background, from my life. And this is recent. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you, it was episode one or it was episode two, I spoke about this. But for for me, it was uh, the political saturation of media and of social media. It was the debates, the arguments over photos and memes. It was the fights on social media. These news broadcasters who are overpaid, glorified opinion pushers, um, pages, feeds, all of the politics. It was a huge, huge huge waste of my time and it didn't make me happy it really realistically it didn't make me smarter and I did not make uh, any money off of it so when I was going through and I was doing uh, an intentional uh, mastery of my own time one of the things that got the axe was uh, getting rid of all that political garbage and nonsense and I I control what I get in my feeds now and I love it because it gives me well I feel like I'm in 
investing my time when I'm on those platforms. I'm investing my time in a way that does give me a return on that time. Uh, in my 20s, for example, another one that I know a lot of adults uh, are still wrestling with. Uh, but when I was younger, you know, all through my, my high school years and into my 20s, I played a lot of video games, and I love them. I love being able to immerse myself in a in a world that's beyond imagination. I, I love the, the disconnect from the real world that video games can provide. However, video games had absolutely zero, zero return on time, and honestly, they had zero uh, return on investment for me, too. Uh, and prices kept going up. You're looking at video games now, they're 50, 60, 70 bucks, and you gotta spend 30 bucks for downloadable content, you gotta spend 20 bucks for an online membership, and you gotta, it's huge. Huge the amount of money that goes into video games. So there's no ROI there, at least for me. I'm not a professional gamer. I'm not making money off of it. Uh, it sounds like a cool job, but it's not me. And for spending the amount of time I spent on video games, I really um, wish that I hadn't put that much time into video games. I loved them. They were fun. But talk about a waste of time with zero ROT. Uh, my kids, uh, mine and Abby's kids, they don't play video games very much. They do have access to some video games, but but we are really careful to limit that and to kick them out of the house to go ride bikes, play with the neighbor kids, in the sprinklers, build snowmen, whatever. These are activities that grow their social skills, their interpersonal skills, their cognitive skills, their imaginations going to full force, and that will serve them when they're older. That is a return on time, and it is a measurable return on time. I can honestly say I don't I've never met one successful person or I mean now that I think about it, I haven't met anyone successful or otherwise that says when asked oh gee I wish I'd spent more time playing video games there's no return there it's a, it's a great escape and maybe that is your return is that you need an escape from whatever your life is doing that's daunting you but ultimately I just don't see it now the same could be said about your job or any job jobs in general putting a ton of time into a job that you don't like or doesn't make you happy or doesn't give you an ROT beyond a paycheck, which is more an ROI, right, uh, is a poor investment. You know, you're wasting your time. One of the things I hate the most in this world is the rat race model. The idea that we are born, go to school, get a job, retire, and then die. So many people spend their lives working at something that doesn't make them happy for someone else at the expense of their dreams, wants, or needs. They often fool themselves into saying things like, when I retire, I'll do that, or when, I've, uh, when I have more time off, or something similar. Any number of reasons to not do something and to not go somewhere. Um, in the entrepreneur circle, yeah, you meet a lot of people, and I meet a lot of people who love the idea of starting their own business, and they dote all over like every startup detail when you're talking about it. And then you, they talk about their ideas, and you ask, oh, why haven't you followed your dream and started your own business yet? Almost always, I don't have the time or I don't have enough money yet. When I have enough money, I'll do it. Out of curiosity, if you're listening to this, do you think I had enough money when I started my, my first business, my photography company? I didn't have any money. Like it started out, like I started and took on debt to get it going because I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. I learned about 
And here's the thing. I had an ROT and I had an ROI. You know, my ROT was I learned about starting a business and uh, I learned about invoices, expenses, clients. I learned how to make a good photograph. I learned how to put together proposals, work with agencies, work with businesses. I learned how to coach and how to mentor. And in this aspect, it was photographers and and models. In fact, um, Abby and I, we just had our engagement photos done by a guy who is, is just phenomenal. He's my buddy, Connor Allen. If you're in the Northwest or anywhere in the world, he'll go anywhere in the world. Uh, great guy, uh, one of the nicest guys I know, and uh, he'll do your photos. He's fantastic. One of the most sought-after photographers, I, I think, anymore. But uh, I met him while I was well into my photography career, and when he was he was just barely starting out. And I I tried as much as I could to help and to mentor as much as I could, and uh, I gave him gear, uh, either gear that I wasn't using anymore or gear that I thought he could use. And as I was on my way out of the business, I was like shedding gear. A lot of it, I, I made sure it went to him because I saw how much he was passionate about his work and about his business. And I really wanted to see him succeed. And he has blown me out of the water by uh, becoming one of the best photographers ever. So a super cool story there. And that's and it goes ties back into my ROT, my return on time for starting my first company. You know, you know and the photography company itself, it even had an ROI for me. It was pretty successful. And when I was like full time into it and I was working with uh, large companies instead of individuals. I stopped shooting weddings and I stopped shooting uh, senior photos. I didn't want to do any of that. I hated it really. And uh, I focused on editorial work and and big customer work. Uh, I paid off everything. So even though I went into debt and kind of you know overextended myself at the start of things, I wound up paying it all off. So I had an ROI, but I also had an ROT in that my time uh, was returned to me in all of that experience and knowledge and my investment was returned to me in cash. The reason I closed it down and stopped, honestly, was to go and finish flight school and follow my lifelong dream of being a helicopter. And that's a helicopter pilot, <laughs> my dream of being a helicopter. No, my, uh, my dream of being a helicopter pilot, and that is still like, that's still what I do today. Like I'm an EMS pilot. I fly for a hospital here in Nevada and it's, it's a great job. It's very fulfilling. I get a lot out of it. Um, let's I get back on track here. Um, my, uh, my second company, the drone business, the one that is still active, uh, do you think I had enough money to start that company? Do you think I'd waited until everything was hunky-dory and I had enough money? Absolutely not. I had just been naturalized by the Kuwaitis in charge of the medical program I was flying for over in Kuwait, and I came back to the United States at the height of the oil price crash in 2015, 2016, uh, and all the layoffs were happening. I couldn't find a job to save my life. I was living off of my savings and my credit cards, and so I started a company, a company I still run today, a one-man, lean, mean, six-figure drone flying machine. Like, it is my, it's a great business, but I back then I was living off of my savings and my credit cards, right? I didn't have enough time, or I'm sorry, I didn't have enough money to do that. I needed to do it. My return on time was doing something I enjoyed and getting paid to do it. My ROT was international travel for work. My ROT was not going bankrupt and into a homeless shelter. I didn't have enough money so I could start my own business. I started my own business so that I could have 
any money at all. As for ROI, well, it's still one of my primary income sources. Like it provides, uh, not only does it have a, a financial benefit, and uh, I'm doing great this year and last year and the year before. I've been profitable every year since I started the company. Um, it provides opportunities for travel. I go to cool countries and I see great uh, projects all over the world. And uh, I'm at a point now where I'm expanding the business and I'm bringing more people on. All of my gear has been paid off a long time ago. My operating costs are next to zero. My overhead is zero. I don't keep any inventory. It's a it's a great company. The model runs smooth. And uh, if you're into drones or you're looking for uh, advice on drone businesses, I am working on developing a, uh, a program. I'm not sure if it's going to be a course or if it's going to be a mastermind, but I'm going to take young entrepreneurs or motivated entrepreneurs and I'm going to show them exactly how I dialed this business model in, how I built my six figure company and how I do it with like almost no overhead and almost no out-of-pocket costs at this point, like it's running itself. Uh, well, the, the cost side of it is running itself. I still do a lot of travel for work, and the nice thing about bringing people on now is that I'll be able to get them to do a little bit more of the travel to uh, other regions of the world and free me up for a little bit more time on uh, mastermind programs and training programs, that sort of stuff. So arguably, I think at this point, this is the longest podcast I've ever done, and we're not done yet. I want to talk to you now. We're gonna We're going to keep on track with the master your time master your life that's the point of this episode and so recently I just completed a, a training with Tony Robbins and and Dean Grazioso and I was introduced to a tool that I really love I absolutely love this thing and uh, yeah I don't remember the name uh, that they used for it but essentially uh, what I'm gonna call it is the the ADE automate delegate eliminate those are the three steps so if we're gonna master your time you're gonna master your time you're gonna master your life what you should do right now and I'm gonna walk you through this tool even even though you don't have it in front of you, you're going to understand exactly how to do it. You need to identify tasks or activities in your life or in running your business that take up a lot of your time or even some of your time and just jot them down, jot them down on a list, you know, like, okay, I mow the lawn on Monday. I pay the bills on Tuesday. I do whatever. If it takes your time, put it on the list. And next to each one of those items, you've got three options, right? You can draw three columns, right? You can either automate it, you can delegate it, or you can eliminate it. Automate things like your bills. I, I used to have everything off of auto pay. I wanted to manually pay every bill every month. I felt like it gave me more hands-on experience with my finances. It gave me a better picture overall of where my money was going and who I was paying and why and when and where. It was so ridiculous. Uh, I, I would wind up spending a ton of time doing that. And I still probably spend more time than I, I should do it, uh, doing it. I, I like to have an idea of where everything's going. I like to keep a cash flow spreadsheet. Um, but a big chunk of that time included logging into each uh, site that I owed money to for the wherever the bills and physically making a payment, physically clicking send and putting in the details. I automated that part. I eliminated a big chunk of the time that was going out because I automated it. Uh, when I looked at how much time, this is another one. This is when I looked at how much time I was spending on social media. And I talked about this earlier and I talked about this in like the first episode of the podcast, how many posts I made each day, how much of it was political. It was almost all of it. Uh, debates, inflammatory articles, outrageous things the other party had done. People were tagging me into their debates. Hey, Nick, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Get in here and set him straight. And I was fighting 
fighting their battles for them. And uh, that was such a huge, huge waste of time. I moved all of that into the eliminate column. I got rid of it. And if you're interested in how I did that, go back and listen to, uh, I think it's episode one, the the new podcast. And I'm talking about the changes in my life, the intentional life. Um, like I said, it's I talk a lot about how I, I nuked the political saturation now. If you could imagine for a minute, I ran for Congress in Idaho. You build up a lot of politics when you do that, even if you don't win. And when I went through this whole process, I deleted like 40% of the people on my list. I unfollowed 100% of the political pages and uh, speaking heads and, and pundits and whatevers. And I left all of the groups, 100% of them, so much more. I dropped nukes all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know what, and I cleaned it. I took, I took absolute control of my feed. I haven't missed it once. I am immensely happier. And I'm going to call that my ROI. My happiness went up and I have way more time to work on things that matter more to me. That's my return on time. You know, of course I'm still staying informed, but instead of getting a bunch of idiot celebrity TV personalities telling me how the world is ending over this bill or that tweet, I intentionally seek that information. I control the content that I'm exposed to. I control my time. I control who gets that time, who gets access to that time. And by master time, you master life itself. I live a happier, more rewarding and active life. And I'm focused intently on my family, on my goals, on my companies and my wealth and my financial independence. And you can be too. But first, you need to stop making bad investments of your time. I'm going to wrap it up here. We are running a little long on this one, but I appreciate everybody who's listening. Again, this is uh, an intentional life with Nick Henderson. If you like what you've heard, consider becoming a sponsor. There's a button on Anchor. If you're listening through Anchor, there's a link on any other source. It's, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all of them. <laughs> uh, I think I'm hosted on 10 different services. But if you really like what you're hearing and you like where this podcast is going and you want to see more, hear more content like this, become a sponsor. I would love to have you be a sponsor of the program. Next, though, is probably even more than that, honestly. If you want to talk about something, if you've got an idea for a podcast episode, or maybe you just like, hey, I really like what you're doing here. Here's what I'm doing. Let's collaborate on an episode. Reach out to me. I would like for you to be on this show, and I would like to talk a lot about what it is. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in the drone space, if you're in, um, well, really, if you're if you're in any anything, just give me a give me a message. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at the underscore Nick H. Um, go ahead and look me up there. Send me a message. Reach out to me. Send. Me, I think this podcast probably has an option to send a message through it too but let's get together and put together just a totally cool episode if you are not following me go ahead and subscribe to the podcast i I guarantee you like this is episode six it's only going to get better if you've ever listened to a podcast that's four five six seasons in and you go back to season one and you listen to episodes one two three four five six whatever right we're we're growing we're learning i'm picking up new skills i'm getting rid of old skills I'm, i'm learning how to use new software new microphones new this new that the podcast is going to evolve and if it's good now if you think it's good now it is going to be amazing later i am going to be pouring myself into this and i am learning every day and that's one of the nice things about mastering my time is that i have time to learn every day this is nick henderson and uh yeah have a great day and i will uh see you on the next one